All right, we're back, and we are finally uh, wrapping up the Terminator series. We've we finally gotten around to the final film. Um, Paige, do you want to tell us what the final film is called? Terminator Dark Fate. Terminator Dark Fate, yeah. It's fitting that this is the final Terminator film because it's also the final episode of 2022. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Finishing Terminator, finishing 2022. Yeah. Had some pretty big movies this year. We did. It's been a pretty it's been interesting, finally intense... a good year for movies. Yeah. I mean, we've had good movies the last couple of years. We had Dune last year. That's true. But man, COVID just really yeah. hurt. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've also had some shit this year, um, which funny that, you know, going into discussion about 2022 when the movie we're looking at came out in 2019 that's Um, fine yeah let's get into it yeah uh how do you feel about terminator dark fate uh yeah i i dig it i dug it when i first saw it in theaters and i dug it again this time what'd you think i loved it yeah you could definitely tell that james cameron had a hand in it yeah um not a heavy hand but yeah he and was there. i feel like when i watch uh terminator genesis it feels like there's a chance that james cameron was there but then yeah there's there's stuff in this that it feels like he had at least some presence on set which is really cool and another thing this is also directed by tim miller who i think is fantastic he directed uh, the Deadpool movies. I think both Deadpool movies. Let me check on that. Uh, looks like just Deadpool 1, actually. Um, but I think he killed it with the first Deadpool movie. He did. Um, looking at his directing credits, he had done two things before Deadpool. Honestly, Deadpool was really his first thing. He did something in 2002 called Aunt Louisa. Something in 2003 called Rockfish. And then in 2016, he directed Deadpool. Dang. What was he doing in all those years? I have no idea. But uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if maybe... Okay, he's got some writing credits in between there. Um, Oh, okay. I think... Yeah. I think he was doing quite a bit of... Well, looks like he was doing visual effects for quite a few video games. Okay. Yeah. So still in the biz. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I think that working with visual effects has really given him a greater eye for th- movies like this where you're you're using so much computer generated imagery mm-hmm. and you need to know how to create an action scene with varying degrees of what are you going to capture on camera and then what are you going to rely Mm-hmm. on computer graphics to to render and i think he does really well with both terminator and deadpool with those heavy cgi scenes that still feel like it's it's the characters that i've been watching for yeah the duration of this movie i feel like the majority of the cg in this movie was good yeah there were some wonky scenes yeah um which they acknowledge um yeah. but i really liked 
what was the Rev Nine? Is that what the yeah. Terminator is? Yeah, in the this Terminator one? in this one. Um, I really liked when he was just liquid, mm-hmm. and he was shape shifting. It was very textured. Yeah, the texture, the the color, the yeah, the, the black, black liquid, and then the like matte black of the endoskeleton. Mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. I keep talking about how. It seems like in each Terminator movie, they want whatever the new Terminator is to be bigger and badder and, and cooler than whatever came previously. And This one did it. Yeah, I think this was a really, really interesting, cool idea. Um, because I liked you have, the Terminator twin concept. Yeah, you have your endoskeletons from Terminators 1 and 2, and then you have your liquid Terminator from 2. And then later in Genesis. Um, I like Terminator Twin better. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> but then you have like... Uh, As a the, term. Oh, yeah. Um, the Terminator, I think it's like the TX or something, or the Terminatrix. Stupid ass term. I hate that word. Um, and she, I think, is just the, the real pinnacle of they went too far. They were trying to make a Terminator cooler and with more abilities and stuff and they just outdid themselves and just made a dumb terminator that doesn't really make too much sense this one was legit scary it was legit scary and i think it was such a brilliant idea of how can we make a terminator more advanced uh with more capabilities than we've seen in the past and they just realized let's not reinvent the wheel let's just pretty much combine two very different wheels. And so, yeah, having the liquid Terminator just over an endoskeleton and then having those be two separate entities mm-hmm. that can... Uh, and I like the fact that when they're fighting individually, you have two separate targets and therefore with uh, two different, like, strengths and weaknesses or whatever. But then when they're together, that's almost like a third type of enemy because you can hit him and stuff and you know he can uh shape shift and things like that but you can't uh like whip the the chain through him and stuff like that there is an endoskeleton that's gonna stop a hammer and stuff like that uh, i thought that was really really a cool idea and i thought it was a brilliant execution i thought that uh the actor uh Gabriel Luna did a phenomenal job with that. Something I also mentioned while we were watching it, I thought he did a phenomenal job of really showcasing the Terminator's ability to infiltrate. He was really, really believable whenever he would interact with people. He would switch accents here and there just because he would visually just glance at someone and know which accent Mm -hmm. or dialect is going to communicate best with them. There's a moment where you see him on a computer uh, relaying like an announcement that uh, the fugitives that the law enforcement are looking for are extremely dangerous and he puts out like a kill order on them pretty much. But then you like actually see his face and the voice coming out of him is not Gabriel Luna's. Um, It's a much more like American sounding voice. Yeah. I thought that was great, which that's something that Terminator movies have been doing ever since at least Terminator 2. Um, I don't remember it ever happening in Terminator 1, but it's such a great idea, and it's so simple to do that 
whenever it happens, it's always such a great, like, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. You can do that. So I really dug that. Um, I really like uh, Mackenzie Davis as the augmented oh, human. Oh, as Grace? From, yeah, as Grace. Um, I thought she did a great job. I thought it was a great idea um, having your uh, Terminator come from the future and your human come from the future. So similar to uh, our roots with Terminator 1. Mm-hmm. But having her be an augmented human being That was really, a very interesting concept. Yeah. Um, you don't have to try and figure out whether or not you can trust her like we did with uh, Marcus in Terminator Salvation. Yeah. Like she, she's more than a human, but she's not at all terminator yeah we never have to ask that question other characters have to but um i felt like they finally introduced some very cool concepts in this movie that i think others tried not necessarily the same concepts but i feel like other terminator movies are like "Ooh, this would be cool but this one was actually really cool like the augmented Mm -hmm. human having arnold's character learn how to be human even though he is still fully terminator but you know once his orders are carried out what does he do that was very interesting yeah having sarah connor come in mm -hmm. as a badass still but john's dead so what has she been doing having the connection between arnold and linda like yeah i thought it was so sick having linda hamilton back um freaking badass the way she so comes great. in yeah um it's funny whenever people talk about uh I, I i've just been seeing an uprising in memes about it and i think jennifer lawrence probably said some dumb shit a couple weeks ago yeah she um, claimed that she was the first woman to like spearhead a action series yeah or something and like that honestly we had some phenomenal female uh action heroes back then and i would say linda hamilton and sigourney weaver were two of the end-all be-all greatest right like Like, did jayla not watch movies in the 80s yeah um and it's you have to admit it doesn't happen a lot and she did retract her statement okay yeah um and after uh i would say terminator and aliens there either was a long period of time where there was either nothing or if there was something it wasn't stellar i'm probably forgetting examples of times when it was really good but i feel like we had a lot of um there were a lot of male writers that didn't know how to write females yeah we had uh you know the electra movie no one gives a flying fuck about that. We had Catwoman. Is if, that the Halle Berry one? Yeah. Yeah. I I have not seen either of these movies. Was Electra the uh, Jennifer Gardner one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so she was introduced as Electra in Daredevil. In Daredevil. Yeah. And then she got her own spinoff movie. Is and... that when they met and got married? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, from what I understand. Uh, Ben Affleck was still with Jennifer Lopez um, at the time of filming Daredevil, but that is how they, how he met Jennifer Garner. And Mm. yeah, 
Anyways, um, yeah, so there's, I'm sure, other movies with female action stars, um, but it's rare that they are front and center. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of your Padmes, you have a lot of, um, you know, times when the, the female is playing second fiddle to a guy. Um, you know, there are plenty of Which for most that... of the Terminator franchise, Linda Hamilton was playing yeah. second fiddle to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. This um, was the first one where she was top billed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's great to, to have her back, especially since she's such an iconic character and such an iconic name. It was nice to have Sarah Connor, the name, back in Genesis. Mm-hmm. But... Having Sarah Connor, the name, repaired with Linda Hamilton was was awesome in, in its own right. I feel like her character also kind of got a redemption because for so long she was only important because of her womb, like she said so often in mm-hmm. this movie. And just them acknowledging that, like, no, Sarah Connor can be a badass even if her son doesn't, you know, yeah, and lead I, the resistance. I think it's funny because the concept that she was only important because of her womb i feel like is such a it's it's this really interesting moment where as an audience i fully disagree with sarah connor but it's because i'm looking at her from the perspective of an audience a completely disconnected third party if i were there in the room i'd be like no bullshit like you are so ludicrously important like watching terminator 2 she has a far higher body count than john and yeah um and then i've seen terminator 3 terminator 3 sucks ass big part of it sarah connor was written out of the story and it suffers for it Mm -hmm. um and so yeah uh her womb is far from the only thing that makes her important the fact that she's dope as shit is a big reason um they actually had to tell her to stop smiling while shooting guns on this set yeah which like (laughs) i feel like that's probably just one of those um who wouldn't be smiling like that like right you have to uh not only have a lot of discipline but also like just a familiarity like, there are times, you know, you shoot a gun and either you're startled by it or you have that, like, oh, my gosh, that's exciting type of reaction to it. Um, so, yeah, great to see her back. Uh, Mackenzie Davis did great as uh, Grace. Um, Once again, I loved Arnold. Arnold was so good in this. I He's so endearing to yeah, me. Yeah, I think Terminator 2 is... Still, definitely a better story, a better plot, all that stuff. And so because of that, I do think Arnold is better in Terminator 2. However, I would easily say this is the second most enjoyable movie to watch Arnold in. I just feel like we've put in the work. We've watched six movies up until now. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we love Arnold. And this was just kind of the payoff yeah. Of watching all of these other movies leading up to it. I just kind of want him to be my grandpa or yeah. my cool uncle. Yeah. He's probably not old enough to be my grandpa. But 
I just want to hang out with him. Yeah. Um, and every time I've seen interviews with him and uh, just the behind the scenes footage where they're talking about working with him and things like that, everyone says that apparently working with Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's just the nicest guy, um, which is always nice to hear about uh, celebrities in Hollywood because I feel yeah. like there's a lot of assholes. Um, but uh, one thing that is so interesting and funny and just also at the same time really sad about this franchise is how pretty much all of the movies acknowledge that terminators one and two are fantastic and so then every movie after two pretty much just says one and two are the only things that are canon to this one so terminator three yeah obviously that's a sequel to one and two terminator salvation there i feel like that at some point contradicts the events of three Mm -hmm. then we get terminator genesis and yeah forget three forget salvation and then we get terminator dark fate forget three forget salvation forget genesis yeah i legit had to ask dallas while we were watching it if this was one of the movies that i needed to know what they were retconning going into it yeah and surprise it is yeah which i mean three four and five don't exist to six yeah um and you look at the stories that are written after two and it's such a weird little minefield of story it really is you really can't nothing not enough happens in three to go off of that your only stuff is like Sarah Connor's dead. Oh, I can see why everyone wants to retcon that shit. Oh yeah. Um, Plus, Terminator Three sucks. It's bad. Yeah, it's just forgettable. it's easily the worst of the Terminator films. Hmm. Yeah, I could probably get behind that. It retcons all that stuff. I think that's a very wise choice. Um, and then, uh, I, I, it's funny because every movie retcons everything after two that also means every movie kind of has to establish for itself where arnold is mentally yeah so like on the timeline yeah um and i like that although kind of similar in genesis and dark fate where it's like uh, the T-800 has been here for quite a while, and so he's getting older. They're, they also write his mindset very differently, mm-hmm. where one is sent back to protect Sarah Connor, and so it just, she gets to play the John Connor role from two, where she gets to be the one to teach him all these things, teach him high fives, teach him how to smile, stuff like that. But then in Terminator Dark Fate, all of a sudden, Arnold's whole, like, why is he so human concept is literally just he finished his task and then had nothing to do. And so the one thing he found that he could do is just look around, make observations, make calculations based on those calculations, and eventually learn. Learn mm-hmm. about um just humans humans yeah um and 
even though he may be able to recognize the quality in mankind, it may not be the same as forming an emotional attachment to mankind. Mm -hmm. It's almost more like uh, having a computer calculate the value of an old coin or something. Yeah. Where he, he realizes, no, there is, it may not be financial, but there is value to keeping mankind alive. They, they have um, accomplished so much that uh, destroying them would almost be like taking them out of the package or, you know, doing something to damage an item that otherwise is in maybe not mint condition, but surprisingly good condition. And so because of that, he kind of decides he wants to start protecting things. And I think that's really, really cool, especially since... Uh, I guess he was sent back by Skynet. Skynet didn't think to code any more into his head than just complete the mission. And so once the mission's completed, he accidentally unlocks way too much free will. And I think that idea is so interesting and so cool. So intriguing. And, and I loved his... I guess redemption would be the word. Yeah. In helping Sarah fight the Terminators mm -hmm. that are coming. Yeah. I forget. How does he know when and where Terminators coming? Does it say that he can like feel it? I, something, something like that. Yeah. There are ripple effects through time that you can feel right before the arrival of a time travel. I, oh, okay. It's kind of one of those uh, vague techno jargon mumbo jumbo type things that you would write into a script but i feel like they write it just well enough that my brain is able to be like um, all right cool fine um i just loved that he was a drapery expert oh my gosh yeah um it, that's another thing like with how funny he is in terminator 2 like with the smile and mm -hmm. i promise i will not kill anyone stuff like that this one, he is absolutely hilarious. Some of that is because Schwarzenegger knows how to deliver a pretty good comedic line. But a big part of that is simply the script writers knew how to write a character that is going to be inevitably very, very flat mm -hmm. in their expressions and in their delivery. And so they don't like lean into how flat he is. And, and um, I feel like previous movies I could have seen uh, like Jai Courtney's um, Kyle Reese. Mm. I feel like he oftentimes uh, Schwarzenegger would be flat. And then Kyle Reese had to like jokingly point it out. Like, oh, it's so unsettling when you say things like that, and yada, yada, yada. Was this the first one that Kyle Reese wasn't even mentioned? Hmm. Oh. I... Oof, he may have been mentioned. He may not have been mentioned in three. But, um... Wow, that is weird. This is... He played no role. 
in yeah. this. He was not even mentioned. Yeah. Outside of three, I think this is the only other movie Kyle Reese doesn't even appear in. Which, dang, that's interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I feel like the Jai Courtney Kyle Reese character in Genesis always had to kind of be the uh, the person to point out how ridiculous Arnold Schwarzenegger is almost for the audience's benefit, like so mm-hmm. that the, the audience never thinks the script is unaware of how flat Arnold is. And in this, I think they just know how to... They just played to the strengths. Yeah. Um, and just the dialogue points out, yeah, we, we know how flat he is. And so there's the moment when he's talking about how he fell in love with, I think her name's Anita or something like that. Alicia? Alicia, Alicia something. Um, but uh, he, someone asks, what does she like about you or something? And he's like, I'm supportive and I'm handy and I'm a very good protector. And then he just ends it with... And I'm quite funny. And I'm extremely hilarious. Oh, is that what I said? Okay. Something like that. Or I'm ridiculously hilarious. But whatever he says, he's using like the thesaurus terms for I'm the most funny. And he says it's so flat and you can't (laughs) even imagine it. And it's so funny to hear that line. And when Sarah shoots him and goes... This is going to be very difficult to explain to Alicia. Yeah, I remember seeing that in theaters and just being like, how are these lines coming across so well? I feel like oh, uh, someone who can't write as good of a script, this would crash and burn. If the director didn't quite know how to direct his actors as well, this could really be a problem. Mm-hmm. If Arnold didn't know how to uh, deliver it correctly, it could also be bad. Um, So yeah, I was very impressed with that. And like you mentioned, a couple scenes later or something, he's telling a story of when he was selling drapes to someone. And it's a little girl's room. But he's talking about it like when they had to break into Miles Dyson's computer uh, warehouse and destroy all of the proof of, of Terminators he's he's talking about it as though it was a life or death situation and it's so great and it's and, drapes yeah he's like <laughs> uh, they wanted flat colors but it was a girls room and I said no you need polka dots or you need butterflies or you need stripes it's so great I love it to <laughs> death um, I will say just talking about performances mm-hmm. in the movie. I loved the girl who played Danny okay. as an actress. Okay. I hated Danny as a character. Okay. Yeah. She was so obnoxious to me. Yeah. There are things about her that I like the idea. I don't like the execution. And there are times when I don't even like the idea to begin with. Um, I really enjoy the concept that Sarah Connor is still in this fight just because she doesn't really know any other life. But to suddenly realize there's a new person shouldering that responsibility is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have like a right as maybe things were maybe not getting stale, but they had been done too many times poorly that a new director was like, 
what if we do another Terminator movie? But John Connor is not the thing. The, you know, walking MacGuffin or, or you know, the, the God character. Um, I thought it was really interesting and cool to, to pass that on to someone new. Um, every time she was walking around, I was like, ah, this is the person that everyone's following into battle? I mean, I, I know you probably get that same feeling with Edward Furlong running around in Terminator 2, and that's kind of the point. You know, he's a nine-year-old, and he's going to be, you know, the person uh, that leads mankind against uh, a robotic apocalypse pretty soon. Okay, cool. But with Danny, she's just old enough that it's like she's got a lot of growing up to do and apparently it needs to happen really really soon and by the end of the movie they're like oh yeah you can tell she's growing into her new role because she's barking orders at people it's like okay but where the hell is she getting any of these strategies she doesn't really even come across as like strategically creative at that point it's really just I'm tired of running, so let's stop running. And here seems like it's as good as any spot. But there's no, like, Sarah, you go up there and aim a gun here, and we'll trap him here, and we'll use those, and yada, yada, yada. It's just like, she just so happens to say, I'm tired of running in a room that is is pretty well suited for a final battle. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty meh. And then one that I I remember in the theater originally just being like, oh, this is cringier than you meant for it to be, is when she saves young Grace, post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Like, Grace gets surrounded by a bunch of people who are going to steal her food, and they're like, we know you have food, we'll kill you if you don't give us our your food. And she's like, oh no, I don't want to give you my food. And then all of a sudden Danny comes in behind them all and just goes hey, this is what the robots want, is for us to fight each other for food. Here's a better idea. Let's not fight each other for food. Let's fight robots for um, t- for to not die. And then I guess we'll have food. And they all just go, wow, you're right and I'm inspired. Where do I sign up? You don't believe that? What? <laughs> I, I, you don't want to enlist I, in the Danny cause? I don't really want to enlist in the Danny cause, unfortunately. I wish I did. Um, But uh, even at his worst, I feel like even in Terminator 3, I'm like, I guess I'll follow John Connor. But at his best, like, if you're Christian Bale, I'll follow you to hell. Like, and that's, I feel like Christian Bale still isn't one of the best John Connors. Um, But, yeah, Danny... I, the the concept that she will become something more is cool. I don't think they gave her quite enough footwork to get there by the end. Yeah. And then when they do a flash forward and show her at her, unfortunately, I think that was supposed to be her prime. That was not yeah. her prime. I did like the actress, though. I think the yeah. actress did a phenomenal job with what she was given. I just don't okay. think the character was well written. Okay. 
Um, but like I loved at the end when she's watching, you know, young Grace on the playground and mm-hmm. then she just walks away and gets in the Jeep with Sarah. Yeah. Um, but overall, I really like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the action scenes are really, really good. Um, it almost feels equal parts Terminator movie and like a Mission Impossible where it's just like a relentless, uh, first we're here, we get attacked. Then we run over here and we get attacked. Then we run over here and we get attacked. And I kind of buy the fact that all of these different places have large set pieces to work with. Um, so yeah, really dug like the, the chase scenes with like a pickup truck and a bulldozer thing. Um, I, I liked, I feel like, uh, with that, there was a good balance of, this is a pickup truck, which is a pretty smart vehicle to steal, but it's a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. So you don't realize until you're half a mile down the road that your engine can't really do dick for you and then the other guy is in a much more powerful vehicle but one that can't maneuver much more cumbersome for shit yeah um so yeah i thought that was a a pretty nicely balanced chase scene and the fact that in order to get to them initially he needs a vehicle that's able to crash through a huge concrete wall Mm -hmm. um it makes sense why each character has the vehicle that they have whereas like i mentioned in our in last week's episode, they steal a school bus because the next scene should probably have a large vehicle. And there's really no reason why the school bus is the one that they stole. Um, so yeah, I dug that. I thought uh, the airplane, I had forgotten how interesting and cool that airplane sequence is. Uh, just found out watching a, a video, going to plug uh, Corridor Crew again. Uh, but they did a great video where they talked to Tim Miller himself um, because although he wasn't a VFX artist on that movie, as director, he knew what he wanted from the VFX artists. And as a VFX artist himself, he was able to speak to the VFX in his movie better than a lot of directors would be able to. And so they're talking to him and he mentions that for the airplane sequence, they had actually built a big rotating airplane set similar to the hallway from inception mm-hmm. they had this uh, big thing built in this huge warehouse and right before they started filming they found asbestos in that warehouse and they had to scrap the entire thing and they weren't able to film in a practical rotating set and so they just had to build all the individual pieces of the airplane as just stationary and so tim miller for each shot was having to figure out what's the airplane doing at this point. So what is up and what is down, but then which way is the airplane spinning? And so what is like, how important is up and down when we're also working with centrifugal force. And so, you know, is, is centrifugal force going to completely change and dictate our gravity or is it just going to take our gravity and skew it a little bit? Or yeah, yeah which that just sounds like a nightmare. And that I think Tim so Miller difficult. has a shockingly good skill for thinking on the fly and figuring stuff like that out as it's 
as the issues are being thrown at him. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like the airplane sequence at times is kind of hard to follow, but at the same time, just thinking it through enough to put it into a movie and have it play through is a feat unto itself. And even if it's hard to follow, it's still really cool to even think about. Um, so love the, uh, airplane fight. I really did like the final fight scene. Um, when, uh, Grace. Yeah. Starts like when whipping they, the like, chain around. Yeah. And it, just, it pretty much just becomes a helicopter. She's like, all right, let's. That had some very <laughs> mission impossible vibes. Yeah. Do you remember the one that made you gasp? Oh, yes. Yes. If any of you have not seen term, uh, Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible Fallout, not Terminator Fallout, Silly Dallas, being stupid is for kids. Um, if any of you have not seen Mission Impossible Fallout, it if you're paying attention at all, if you're even slightly invested, it'll shatter your brain. It'll rip your soul out through your nipples chew on it, and spit it in your face. That's oh, what happened to me, at least. That is a disgusting visual, sir. Well, you know, I'm a pretty disgusting guy. You, of all people, knows this. So, yes, at some point, dude takes a chain to the face. I was expecting just peacefully, like it wraps around his neck, or something serene like that. No. Nope. It uh, lodges itself. It... it it face fucks him as hard his as a hook possibly can. It penetrates yet another hole right into his mug. Um, and it's it's a beautiful moment, and I love it to death. And yeah, there's some, some stuff like that in the final fight scene of Terminator Dark Fate. Um, at some point, she starts whipping the chain gray starts whipping the chain through the liquid half of the uh rev nine and just seeing him come apart is just outstanding there were a few times when he's like laying on the ground and he gets up and at some point you mentioned that it was like some exorcist type of visuals which i really really dug um oh when we first have uh grace and the rev nine come together at the very beginning that is one of the greatest fight scenes i would say of all the terminator films where grace has the sledgehammer i thought the sledgehammer fight was dope oh yeah grace is coming at the rev 9 with a ludicrous ferocity and it's just glorious and then oh before she even picks up the sledgehammer she just starts charging him and unloading on this shotgun, and because she's uh, advanced, uh, the the word they use is uh, augmented, because she's augmented, she's able to pump through this shotgun stupid fast. And mm -hmm. just from the get-go, you know she's a force to be reckoned with, and she doesn't have too much fear going up against a Terminator, and that was dope. At some And at some point, uh, she hits him with the sledgehammer, but, like, every time she hits, it's just, like, a flowing movement. Like, her arms are constantly doing these, like, circular movements so that she's never really letting go of too much of her momentum. And so she hits him to the ground and then brings it back and hits the uh, sledgehammer against his kneecap or something. He's a Terminator, 
so it doesn't matter that much, but still, seeing a dude's kneecap just get slammed sideways is just visceral. It's such a... It gets such a reaction out of me. I thought it was great. Um, at some point, she uh, gets him on the ground. She's just slamming his skull into the concrete. But then she hits, and like the liquid part of him latches onto the sledgehammer. And because Grace is wicked strong, she just pulls the sledgehammer back. But that's enough uh, force to lift the Terminator back onto his feet. Which, that's another visual that came across so well um and then yeah that that final fight scene uh having to fight two different individuals and then at some point the uh i can't remember who runs into who but i think it's the um endoskeleton runs into the liquid and so they sort of like combine their forms again Mm-hmm. right as he's about to tackle one of the characters. I think it's Schwarzenegger. But uh, it, it really just gave that impact an extra punch. I thought that was great. There are so many moments uh, once they hook up with Arnold where of our, what, five characters in the scene, three of them, like two are Terminators, and then the other one is an augmented human. So those three, if they're in a in hand-to-hand combat, they are able it's to intense. just brutally devastate each other. But because of what they all are, they're going to be, for the most part, okay. And so you just get to see some really, really heavy hits. And it's so much more exciting than so many Terminator-on-Terminator fights mm-hmm. throughout this series. Um and I thought it was just, it was so freaking good. Uh, when Grace uh, is trying to pull the Rev-9's face into, like, the spinny thing, and then you see, like, her forearm start to, like, yeah. tear apart. thought that was great. Um, yeah, I, uh, I thought um, just so much of this movie was really, really exciting. Um Came across really well. Tim Miller did a great job. Uh, as I was uh, doing some research on this, going through YouTube, I was sad to be reminded of just how many people really didn't like this movie. I think it's uh, very easily the third best Terminator film. And when I say that, when it comes to like excitement, I'd say it's probably second best Terminator film. Because, I mean, the first movie is a great idea. It's an absolute classic, but... It's a product of its time. Yeah, it's a product of its time, and it's not trying to be an action movie. It's trying to be a horror movie. Um, So do you think Terminator 1 is better than Dark Fate? Yeah. Okay, so you do you rank it as as... 216? Yeah. 216, and then probably... Five, four, and then three, three at the bottom. Yeah, three is definitely at the bottom. Um, I think my ranking is probably very similar. Yeah, I think one is lower on my list. Mm-hmm. I think I would do two at the top. I don't know between six and is five the one with uh, Amelia? Yeah. 
really liked that one too. Yeah. That's one that uh, I think I would do one. I think there are good ideas in Genesis, but there are some really bad ideas, and there are things that just had more potential than what they really tapped into. Um, I do think I like Genesis more than one, so I think two is at my top, oof. and then six, and then five, and then one. We're gonna get attacked for that stance, and then four and three. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. If they would have made Terminator 1 later, I think I would have liked it more. Yeah. But it is so 80s. It is dated. Now I'm like trying to decide if I really do want to put it that low. Terminator 1? Yeah. It's it's one of those stories that it's... I'm so debating. It's dated, but I think it is such a phenomenal example of... James Cameron having a good idea and knowing exactly how to tell his story with the budget he knows he's going to get. Now I can't decide where I want one to go. Okay. Because you think it deserves a higher slot? Yeah. That's all I can ask for. But I really like five and six. I know you do. But one and two changed the world. This is true. This is true. But here's the thing. I didn't fully appreciate one at face value. This is true. I had to do some research on why one was great. Yeah. So I had to put in some extra work to like one. You did. You did. <sighs> Stay tuned. Actually, I'll probably never talk about it again because I really can't decide. Wow. But... Never going to revisit Terminator. That sucks. At least not on the podcast. Okay. We already did our episodes on Terminator. Yeah. Um, so now that we have seen all the Terminator mm-hmm. movies, I found a Terminator trivia quiz. Oh boy. Surprise. Okay. I'm going to test your Terminator knowledge. Bring it. Okay. Question number one. What is the name of the artificial super intelligence that serves as the main antagonist of the Terminator films? Skynet. Oh, it even has sound effects. Did Yay. you hear that? Of course I did. Um, are um, these multiple choice or they are? Okay, you just got it. Yeah, without me even giving you the options, I would say, if I can answer on my own, let me answer on my own. But I'll let you know if I need the. Uh, I got options. you. Question number two: What corporation creates Skynet? Cyberdyne. Good job. Question number three. Easy so far. Who plays the Terminator in the original film? Arnold Schwarzenegger. How many of these could you have answered? All of them so okay, far. Good. Question number four. What does the Los Angeles Police Department call the Terminator? Gonna need the four options on this one. Laser lock killer, phone book killer, 0.45 long slide killer, California creeper. That's gonna be a phone book killer. Question five, which homicide detective gets struck with the phone book killer case? Gets stuck, not struck. Shit. Words are hard. Gonna need the four options on that one too. Sammy Bryant, Frank Cannon, Andy Sipowicz, Hal Vukovic. I'm gonna go second one. Frank Cannon? Yeah. Damn it. No. Try again. Oof. What are the other three? 
Sammy Bryant, Andy Sipowicz, Hal Vukovic. Let's go first one. Damn it. Nope. Third? Shut up. It was Vukovic? Yes. Okay. Uh, what is the name of Sarah's roommate? Oh. Is this the chick with the headphones? Yeah, and the iguana. Oh, fuck the iguana. Don't fuck an iguana. That's illegal. And uncomfortable. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) What are the options? Tiffany, Ginger, Crystal, Amber. Let's go Amber. Damn it. Let's go Tiffany. Fuck you. What are the others? Ginger and Crystal. Let's go Crystal. Fuck you. It's not Ginger. It is Ginger. Eat my ass. Ginger. Are How? you saying they call her Ginja in no. the first one? Which character doesn't pronounce their <laughs> R's? I don't know. It okay. just seemed right. Go ahead with the next one. How many Sarah Connors are there in the phone book? Uh, three. What kind of pet does Sarah have? An iguana. Lizard. Did it? Was An it iguana. specifically iguana? Okay. Fuck the iguana. What were the other options? Dog. Parakeet, dog, iguana, cat. Okay. Uh, who is sent back in time to protect Sarah? Kyle Reese. Yeah, some of, most of these questions are <laughs> ludicrously fucking easy. And then it'll be like, what's the blood type of the extra in the, you know. <laughs> Why does Skynet want Sarah dead? Because she's going to give birth to John Connor. What are the options? What's the wording on this? Number one, she knows how to destroy Skynet. No. Her son is humanity's savior. (laughs) Yep. She is a temporal anomaly. What? (laughs) She is another version of Skynet. (gasps) (laughs) I want to see those alternate movies. Right. She's a temporal anomaly. (laughs) Who even, like... I, I want to see the person who wrote this quiz and was like, oh, uh, what do they want to s- kill Sarah Connor? I was like, okay. So obviously I know one of the four to put in because she gives birth to humanity's last hope. What should the other three be? I don't know, Carl. You figure it the fuck Find out. Find some words, Carl. Yeah, and he's just like, a uh, temporal anomaly? I don't know what that means, but that's a good answer. <laughs> put that in. So we're going with humanity's savior? We are. Good job. Okay. Who does the Terminator impersonate? I feel like that is a very vague question. Yeah, it does several. Uh, can I get the options? Is it John Connor's st- uh, foster mom? So we have Sarah's mother, Sarah's brother, Sarah's father, Sarah's sister. Oh, I think she does impersonate Sarah's mother. Sarah's mother. Good job. Who actually sent Kyle back in time? John. Who is the father of Sarah's son? Kyle Reese. When Sarah and Kyle are hiding out at a motel, what alerts them to the Terminator's presence? Ooh, shitballs. Um, 
Going to need the uh, four options on this one. Gunshots. Okay. Police siren. Oh. Dog. Hmm. Motorcycle sound. Oof. I'm going to say... Dog. Good job. I was going to say motorcycle sound. Um, who kills the Terminator? Sarah Connor. What gave James Cameron the idea for the Terminator? A dream? What were the other options? A toy, a science fair, a dream, one of his kids. A science fair? <laughs> that is a science fair project gone way wrong. What kind of Peter Parker Reed Richards fucking science fair is he attending? Not one I ever went to. Jinkies, Scooby. Yeah, I went to this science fair. One kid built a solar system out of foam balls. Another kid built a robot that attacked me, so I decided to make a movie about it. Sold. Uh, why, or sorry, who did the studio originally want to play the Terminator? Oh, a couple people, but let's go with, uh, football player, killed his wife, black guy. O.J. Simpson? Yeah, can't put on a glove. Yay. Good job. What were the other options? Chuck Norris, (laughs) Edward James Olmos, and Sylvester Stallone. I would watch all those movies. Edward J. Almost. That'd be amazing. Right? You don't even know who Edward J. J. James Almost is. I do. Who is he? Because of Gilmore Girls. He's referenced. Who is he? He's a black guy. No. He's not? No. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. He's... The guy in John Wick. That's what I'm thinking of. The, like, pigeon guy. No. Who's that? That's, um... Shit. It's, like, one of the coolest names in the world. Um, fucking Michael? No. Okay, just to set the record straight, I had a bit of a brain fart last night, but I promise I do know who Lawrence Fishburne is, just to show you guys that I know my shit. Uh, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, he's in the first three Matrix movies, he's the, uh, voice of the narrator in the CGI TMNT movie, he's in, uh, Ant-Man and Wasp, he's in, uh, John Wick's 2 and 3, he, I believe one of his first movies was Apocalypse Now, but yeah, I know my shit, I just had a brain fart last night, yeah, and also everything that I just listed off, I did without looking it up, so, I'm still smart. Oh, and he's also uh, Perry White from Zack Snyder's DC movies. So, uh, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and Justice League. So, I'm really good at this. I did all of that off the top of my head, I promise. So, don't at me. I know my actors. Okay, fine. I'm going to look up who Edward James Almos is after okay. we record this podcast. Um, who plays one of the punks confronted and killed by the T-800 yeah, yeah. when he first it's, arrives it's in 1984? Bill Paxton. Good job. Do you want to know the other options? Sure. Colin Firth, Bruce Willis, and Keanu Reeves. What? They all should have been punks. Right? Oh my gosh. Just imagine. John all four Wick of those right guys. there. Just John Wick, John McClane. And everyone that Bill Paxton plays. <laughs> Who's the other guy? Colin Firth. Yeah, which one's Colin Firth? He's in Mamma Mia. 
He's in Babe. What a Girl Wants. Babe. I mean real movies. Hey, <laughs> that's what I know him from. Is he the one, uh, uh, fucking Kingsman? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Say Kingsman then. No. <laughs> Please? What a Girl Wants. No. Okay. How much did producer Gail Ugh. Ann Hurd pay James Cameron for the rights to the Terminator? I don't know. A divorce? Um, <laughs> they were married for a while. I do know that. Yes. Um, what are my options? $100,000, $1,000,000, $10,000, $1. Was it $1? That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, what other film delayed the production of The Terminator? Mamma Mia? <laughs> no. Real King, movies. <laughs> uh, what are my options? Conan the Destroyer. Oh, I can Aliens. Mm. Children of the Corn. Mm-mm. Predator. No. I'm going to go Conan. Ha! Good job. Suck my ass. It doesn't tell me how many you ended up getting right, but... It was a bunch. You got most. Yeah. It was 20 questions. Good job. Dang, dude. And most of those, I didn't I even I think you need... only got like two wrong. Yeah. I didn't even need um, freaking options on most of them. So that was neat. I'm pretty neat. Do I have anything else to say? Who do you want to meet? This time, I actually uh, thought about it a couple days ago and wrote it on the board. I desperately want to meet Alan Tadik. I think he is phenomenal. I think he is ludicrously underappreciated at this point in time. Um, I think he's your Hollywood soulmate. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's an amazing thing to say to a man. Um, yeah, and I think fortunately slash unfortunately, if people know who Alan Tadik is, they know him from only one or two roles. Knight's Tale. Yeah, that's where, uh, he kind of made his way onto my radar. Um, not a lot of people know him from Firefly because not a lot of people oh, know Firefly, so but he's so he's good in so Firefly. He's so good in Firefly. Everybody, Isn't he the voice of Hey Hey the Chicken? Hey Hey the Chicken, which he's great, but you don't see his face though. Yeah, you don't see his face, and uh, as difficult as it is to sound like a chicken, that's still not him tapping into all of his he's talents. He's not flexing. Yeah, um, not a lot of people remember this, but he is in uh, Transformers Two, I believe, Re- uh, Revenge of the Fallen. Um, not an incredible film and he's kind of a forgettable character but he still does a bizarrely good job with the role handed to him he's like a gay german guy who randomly all of a sudden uh announces to the audience and all of the characters that he used to be like a hitman or something and he, like, lays waste to an entire room of people. It's great. Um, a lot of people have seen iRobot. Not a lot of people know that he plays the main robot, Sonny. 
Um, I have not seen iRobot or Terminator 2. Not Terminator 2. <laughs> Transformers 2. Babe, we have talked about Terminator 2 on this I meant podcast. Transformers. Okay. Uh, now that you say Transformers, I can see how you got those two mixed up. Um, but uh, let's see. Hey, hey, the chicken. A lot of people know that he played uh, K2SO in Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah. Yep. Um, but... Uh, I mean, he, he shows his face um, pretty clearly in a movie called Knocked Up, a Judd Apatow movie. He plays Catherine Heigl's boss that uh, he's not trying to tell her to lose weight. He's just telling her to tighten up. Um, and it's just kind of one of those, like, misogynistic uh, workplace moments that uh, before the Me Too movement, it was kind of the, the most a movie was willing to point out the experience of women and i think he does a, a phenomenal job of like being charismatic and also uh, crossing a moral line and i think uh it's it's really really interesting to to see that in a movie like that um but he's in so many other things he has a voice uh he does like m- not mirror voices but he does uh a duke like duke wesselton in Frozen. Yeah. And then Duke Weaselton the Weasel in Zootopia. Or maybe it's Wesselton the Weasel and Weaselton the Duke. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's in those. Um, I'm positive I'm forgetting a bunch of his roles. But he's so freaking good. Um, Most importantly in Firefly. Yeah. Yeah. Firefly is my my ride or die um do you have someone you want to meet i'm gonna go arnold you're gonna go arnold that's a good one yeah i don't know if i've said him yet i don't think so inspired by our watch through of the terminator franchise yeah i i know i have uh my next couple answers that i'm gonna be i just really want him to be my cool uncle yeah same i just want to adopt him he'd be a real dope uncle he would yeah and now He's, uh, I think, vegetarian. He might be full vegan. Because, um, another plug, if any of you guys haven't seen a documentary called The Game Changers, it's phenomenal. I still need to watch that. Oh my gosh, you haven't seen it? No. (gasps) Will it make me want to meet Arnold even more? Yeah. Is he in it? Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. Um, I love him. Yeah, he's, he had the one line in it that hit me the hardest. Um... Because it's it's all about uh, um, going to plant-based diets and things like that. And at the very end, he pretty much makes the point of it. even if you aren't willing to completely dive in and do it 100%, if you, do, if you give yourself once a week where you're going to try being vegetarian or, if you want to be bold, vegan, do once a week it's still going to do better things for your health. So a a lot of people don't ever try because they know they can't do 100%. Most people can't do 100%. That's fine. But if you go in 10%, 15%, that's good. And if you realize that you, you know, like some of the results you're seeing, then maybe do two days a week. If you like... If you feel like that's making you feel even better, then go up from there. And that was sort of the, uh, oh, I, if I 
try this. I don't have to be perfect at it. Okay. And yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, really made a, a profound point at the end of that. So yeah, I totally support Arnold. Yeah. Cool. Hell yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. If you um, decide you want to listen on a different platform, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Yeah. And, um, oh, just a, a big, big point that I want to make right at the very end. We have an Instagram. Uh, it's the.real.couple. And you can follow us on there. And you can comment on our uh, different posts things like that. You can also slide into our DMs and you can uh, make requests of what we're going to watch next. And the point that I'm trying to make with all this is that you, as our audience, you've really let us down. We haven't been getting almost any requests. We have gotten a few. And um, one of our listeners wants us to be in excruciating amounts of pain. Yeah, guys, if if we had a bunch of requests, maybe I could uh, justify saying no to some of the the lesser quality requests. But damn it, guys, you haven't given us shit to go off of. So it looks like we have to fucking watch Cats. Please, for the love of birthday boy baby Jesus, please give us more requests. Because this is going to really hurt. I've seen it once before and I didn't like it. But damn it, Kiki. You told us to watch Cats, so we have to. Please, slide into our damn DMs. And tell me to watch something else. Damn it. (laughs) But I digress. But on that vein, stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. Yeah. That will be inspired by listener requests yeah yeah we do have more than just the one but we do uh Um, i think in total we have four yes yeah four is not that many but there are four weeks in january so we could maybe do listener request january yep or something we'll see how that goes and and then maybe in february you lazy bastards will have gotten off your lazy asses and by then you will have given us a series to get through. Don't be mean to our listeners. They don't listen. They are lovely humans. <laughs> you are lovely humans. If you're listening we this far, love we love you. you. We love you so Dallas much. Dallas is being grumpy right now. I don't want to watch Cats. <laughs> but and 2023. Now, now that I'm complaining so much, I'm sure you as an audience. They're going to give us some really painful movies to watch because you've acted like this. Yeah, you guys are probably like, oh my gosh. They're going to send you to movie timeout. Yes. And we're going to have to watch shitty movies. Maybe really, that's what this really podcast gonna is going to You're really going to call that movie timeout? Maybe. You need to start calling that Mystery Science Theater 3000. Okay, fine. But that's already taken. Duh. The term timeout has been said by other people before. <laughs> But anyways, anyways, 2023 is going to be a great year Yes. for the Real Couple Podcast. Yes. Release the butthole cut. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that will be our first episode of the new year. Oh, We man. don't know. Yep. So. But for real, thank you for listening. Thanks for a great 2022. And we will see you again in 2023.
Did you say but for real as a pun for our name? I did it, but it works. Yeah, it does. But for real, spelled with two E's because we're clever. Ha 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 ha. Are we good? We're good. Am I ending this episode? You are. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. We love you. It's over now.